0: We're going to look at Ephesians chapter three. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Now, I think everybody realizes that my messages on Sunday morning and my messages here at Refresh are very similar and moving in a direction. And so I, I kind of want to talk about that tonight, about the progression. And and there's a reason why I want to do that. Because uh, you know, I've been realizing in my study, and the more I study, the more I begin to understand, understand some of the scriptures, uh, you know that God really calls us to a different level of spirituality than what we're, we're living at. In fact, He's given us everything for it. We just need to ask for it and wait for him to fill us. Did you understand? Now, that doesn't mean you don't try to deal with sin. You need to still deal with the sin. But you have to come to a certain point where you say, God, you got to help me. Okay? So uh, I'm going to talk, first of all, if you have your notes there, progression. So we're going to talk about progression, first of all. So number one, I'm going to tell you, if you think back through all of the messages that I've done, and even... Uh, the studies that I've shared with you here, this is our third week of doing this now, they're, they're following a progression, and it's really a progression that you're going to find in a lot of the folks you read, such as you're going to find it in some of these other books by some of these other writers. So it's like a long-standing thought process of where we need to arrive and what we need to do so let's let's talk about progression so the first point i want you to see there i'm going to give you uh four words and i'm going to talk about each one of them okay the first word is desire okay so on number one first blank first word is desire and really what that speaks to is all of us really desire something more in our relationship with jesus Okay. We desire a closer fellowship with him. We desire to see his hand in our life more. We, we have this sense that there's something more to Christianity than just attending church, okay? We want to see him working in our lives. We want to experience the fullness of the Spirit as he talks about in the Word of God. So desire, so it starts there. And if you remember, when we started the series that we're doing of uh, Filled and Overflowing... We talked about the desire, okay? But, and the next word is frustration. But the problem is, is we're frustrated. Um, No matter what we try to do, we just end up still being frustrated, defeated by our sin, haunted by our sin. We carry the guilt of it. And, you know, our best intentions end up going sideways. And we talked about that with Romans 7. You know, the good I want to do, I don't want to do. That which I want to do, I do. And, you know, the, rea- the second word is frustration. We understand that. And you really need to come to a place of frustration. Why? Because the frustration reveals that you can't do it. Just like you can't do anything for salvation, you can't do anything about the life that Jesus calls you to. Now, you're called to do some things, but as far as finding that victory and finding that closeness with the Lord, it just seems too far away. It just seems like there's no sense, okay? And I'll be honest with you, I've, I've talked to a lot of people through the years, and I've even been there, who many times have sought the fullness of the Spirit In their lives that he's calling us to because he says you know don't be drunk with wine be what but be filled with the spirit of god ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 it's obviously a command but i've talked to a lot of people and i've been there it's like you know i've tried that i've sought that i've never god's never brought me there i've always been frustrated and so you get to the place where and i've met lots of folks who just give up like what's the use i've tried that that doesn't work And if you talk to some people, they'll tell you it doesn't work. Why? Because they're stuck here. Okay? They're stuck in the area of frustration. The third word there is realization. And that's where Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of sin? So the answer obviously is what? Nobody. Nobody can. As far as he's concerned, as far as himself can deliver him from his body of sin. But then, what does he say after that? Thanks be to Jesus Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? Thanks be to God, because it's Jesus that takes us there. So it's an issue of faith. Okay. So you become you begin to realize that that the life he's calling us to, the fullness that he's calling us to. He has to take us there. He has to help us do it, okay? He has to help us do it. So then that brings us to our fourth point, which is where we're going to spend the rest of our times, until God tells us not to anymore, we're going to spend the rest of our times talking about, and that's surrender. That's the fourth word. We kind of talked about it a little bit last week, okay? Okay? But surrender is coming to that place of saying, okay, Lord, here I am. I'll do what you tell me to do. And, I, and I'm trusting in you by faith. But you have to be the one to bring me there. You have to be the one to show me the grace of your fullness. And, and I came to that conclusion this week. To be honest with you, when God brings us to that place of filling us with his spirit, that's really his grace. Did you understand what I'm saying? In fact, he refers to it as grace in Titus chapter two. The grace of God teaches us. That's actually talking about the Spirit. It's, it's actually God's grace that He brings us there. He wants us to be there. That's the exciting thing. God wants us because He constantly tells us about that. So that's the first point there under the progression. So I want to give you two more thoughts here, and then I'm going to we're going to look into God's Word today. Okay? First of all, we looked at one component of surrender already. And that's faith. Okay? The word there is faith. We talked about that last week. We've already looked at that. Just like we began our spiritual journey by faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation, our spiritual life has to be led by faith. Okay? In fact, isn't that the testimony? The just shall live by what? Faith. That's just not talking about for salvation, but that's talking about living our life in general as well. You know, you and I have to live by faith. So we talked about that last week, okay? So it's going to require faith on our part, trusting him. Here's the third thing. The next component, and this is what we're going to talk about tonight, is prayer. Prayer. And... That seems obvious, but we kind of miss it. But if you think about the scripture, I think about, okay, 2 Chronicles 7.14. Again, I mentioned that has nothing to do with the nation of America. That has to do with God's people. He's telling Solomon, if you turn away from me before that, I'm going to cause all these problems, but if my people... 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people will humble themselves, turn from their sin, and what? Seek my face. The issue is seeking his face. It's praying. If we go to him and say to him, you know, Lord, you call me to this issue of being filled with your spirit and the spirit to control me so that it affects every area of my life so that I'm a witness for you, for the gospel. Okay cuz remember when the spirit came what did Jesus said when the spirit comes upon you you shall be what witnesses to me do you understand what i'm saying we've confused that with all the other crazy things we see god empowers us to be witnesses and if you go a little bit further in chapter 5 he says be filled with the spirit and he goes on and he talks about it's out of that fullness of the Spirit that we can have the marriages, that we can be the parents that we need to be, that we can be the, the masters or the slaves that we need to be. Do you understand? It comes out of the fullness of Christ, the fullness of God in our lives, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to pray for it. And so you think about that. Remember, and, and the promise is throughout the Scripture, Jeremiah chapter 29, if you seek my face, I will be what? found by you, it says. Look at Jeremiah chapter 29. Start with verse, I think it's verse 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. If you read down through there, it's a promise. When the 70 years are complete, you know, then I'll visit you again. And if you seek my face, I'll be found by you, he says. So the promise is there. If we return to him, if we seek him, we're going to find him. But what does that seeking mean? It means praying praying. Now that raises the question then. Okay, George, I'm frustrated. I'm not doing too good trying to deal with the stuff that I need to deal with in my life. I'm not sensing that fullness and you're telling me to pray? Okay, what do I pray for? Because you are already told us we don't know how to pray. Didn't I already tell you that? Okay, that's why we need the Spirit in our lives. We don't know how to pray. Well, God tells us how to pray, actually, in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to give you five things tonight, okay? But let me read to you the passage, first of all. Listen to what Paul says. He's talking to the Ephesians. Now, again, this is a wonderful portion of Scripture, a couple of verses here I always quote but if you understand in context what they're saying, it'll blow your mind, okay? But look at what it says, 14. And for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. Okay, bowed his knees. What's he talking about there, folks? Praying, okay? So look at verse 16. This is what he's going to pray, all right? He's praying for the Ephesians. So this gives us some guidance about how to pray here. Number one, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints What the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled. Catch that key phrase there. If you want to underline it in your Bibles, underline it. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. All right, so I'm gonna give you the five things that we should be praying for. All right, so everybody recognize faith is a component of surrender. We've got to go to him in faith. But the second key thing that you and I need to understand if we're going to go to God and surrender because we realize we can't do it on our own, is pray, here's what we need to pray for. Number one, pray that you are strengthened in your inner man through the Holy Spirit. Pray that you are strengthened in your inner man through the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think about that for a moment, that's immediately what we need to pray for, first of all, isn't it? Because why? We've already experienced the frustration. We've already understood and realized that we're weak. That we're going to cave into our bodies. We're going to cave into our desires. The good that we want to do, we don't do, right? That which we don't want to do, we do. There's a war going on within us. First thing Paul's praying for them is what? That they have inner strength through the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you're going to be tempted as you're praying to what? give up. Been there, done that, experienced that before. You're going to be tempted to say, this is frustrating. How long do I need to wait, Lord? It's not happening because I've been praying for a week or two and it hasn't come. Okay, there, There is a need for us to be strengthened to persevere in prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the only one who can strengthen us to do that is who? The Holy Spirit. Why? Because we've already admitted we can't do it. We, can't, we don't have the strength to do it. So we've got to go to him and say to him, Lord, I need you to strengthen me in the inner person. If you're going to bring me to this place, if I'm going to experience what you want me to experience so I can be a servant to you, so that our church can be the church that you want us to be, You've got to be the one working in my life. You've got to be the one strengthening me through your Holy Spirit. First thing we pray for. That's in verse 16. Next one's in verse 17. Now this one is just as powerful. Look what he says, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought Jesus already is in my heart, right? Isn't it true that Jesus is already in your heart when you get saved, right? Isn't that true? Yes. What's he talking about here? That I get saved again? No, 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 no. No, that's not what he's talking about. The word dwell there has a rich meaning. It actually means a whole lot more than what it's saying there in our English. So here's what you need to do. You need to pray that Christ may be at home in your life. That's what the word dwell there means. It's talking about being at home somewhere. So what he's saying is, you need to pray that Christ would be at home in your life. Now, why would he not be at home in your life? Anybody? Why would he not be at home in your life? Pet sins, Pet sins. you said it, Bruce. Our sins, right? Our attitudes. Because we've already talked about that earlier about grieving the Holy Spirit, quenching his work in our life. So I'm not so notice now, look at what he's saying here. Number one, I'm praying, God, you strengthen me in my inner man through the Spirit. Number two, Lord, help me that my life would be a place where Jesus would be at home in my life. You know what I'm saying? Help me that my life would be, my heart would be such that Jesus would be at home in my life. Okay? That's pretty good. Listen, let's go on. Look at the third thing now. Verse 18, pray that you would comprehend the love of Christ. I mean, he spends a lot of time here. Look, I mean, look at what he says here. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. What am I saying here? So I'm, I'm think about it. It's almost like a progression here. Because it's almost like the apostle knows that you and I are going to be going through different phases as we seek him in prayer. Number one, I need to be strengthened. Number two, Lord, help me with these things that are, I want you to be at home in my life. Number three, God, help me to comprehend the love that you have for me that's beyond all knowledge. Why? Because I'm going to tell you, when you are seeking him, have you ever noticed that God sometimes doesn't immediately answer? And sometimes it gets pretty frustrating in prayer till we see the answer. And we have this tendency to think that he doesn't care. That's almost immediately. And sometimes I think it's the enemy. He comes along and says, oh, are you praying for that? Do you really think God cares? Do you think he really loves you? Do you think he, I mean, are you, you're just wasting your time. You are a loser. You know what I'm saying? You're a loser doing this. Nobody else is doing it. Have you noticed nobody else is doing this? But you need to comprehend, God, you love me. And even though I'm not seeing what I should be seeing in my life right now, even though I'm still frustrated, I'm still still struggling in my life, I need to grasp the reality that you haven't changed in your love towards me. Help me to understand that. Boy, I think whether we're seeking this issue or any issue, we need to comprehend that, right? So we're praying that we would comprehend the love of Christ. Now, notice now the fourth thing. This is what, verse 19, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's what you got to pray for. Pray that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Ask him. In fact, there's a promise it just dawned on me, there's a promise. Do you remember when Jesus said about praying? Let me go there. Maybe if I can, this is, blows my mind. This is from the Lord for us tonight. It's about prayer. Hold on, let me look here. Okay, Luke chapter 11. Let me read this to you. Here's what Jesus says. Verse nine through 13. All right, verse 9 through 13. Read this and claim this if you're going to pray for the Holy Spirit, okay? So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from his father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? This is Jesus talking. If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Listen to what Jesus said. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, here it is. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's powerful, isn't it? I don't have to question whether or not God's going to do this. I just need to pray for it, right? I just need to pray for it. Now you say, okay, George, wait a minute. You mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, let's get to verse 20 and 21. 20 and 21 are favorite verses of mine. I quote them all the time with reference to answer to prayer. But I think now, to be honest with you, that in the context of what we're reading here about Paul praying and praying for these four things, he wants us to understand something about God so that we can pray for the fifth thing. Okay. Here's what he says. Now to him who is able, that's talking about God, who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we ask or think. That word think can also be translated dream. So God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we ask or even dream. Look at what it says according to the power that works in us. Who's the power that works in us, folks? The Holy Spirit. Look at what it says then. To him be glory by the church, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here is the final thing. Pray with assurance that God will answer you. Pray with assurance that God will answer you. Now, Folks, that last point connects up with what we talked about last week. Remember I told you the first component of surrender is what? Faith. You've got to believe that he wants you to do this. You've got to believe that he wants you to experience the fullness in your life. Folks, I've got to believe that Jesus wants our church to be something more than what it is right now. Do you you understand what I'm saying? I've got to believe that he wants us to be a witnessing church, empowered by his Holy Spirit, communicating the love and grace of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying around us. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've got to believe that the Spirit wants wants us to experience his fullness so that when people walk in here, they can say, wow, God is in that place. Do you see how they love each other? Do you see how they are there for each other? Do you see how they pray for each other? Do you see how they serve for each other? That's because God showed up in a church. Did you understand what I'm saying? So, we're not just praying that he shows up in our lives. We're praying that he shows up in our what? Our church. So, let me let me go through those five things real quick again. And maybe this will guide you tonight in your prayer. Hopefully, it'll be more than just for tonight. Number 1, pray that you are strengthened in your inner man through the Holy Spirit. Pray that Christ may be home in your life. Pray that you would comprehend the love of Christ. Pray that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then finally, pray with assurance that God will answer you. Let me pray. Father, thank you for opening our minds tonight to your word. Lord, we are here for a reason. And that's because we want you to do something in our lives and in our church. Lord, we've been frustrated. But we realize that really, in our own strength, we can't do it. We can't, in our own strength, reach Kerwinsville and Clearfield County. We can't reach the world. We can't even deal with the stuff that's going on in our own lives, let alone try to reach a world. But Lord, you called us to something so much more. And and you are wanting to work in us and you, and you want us to experience the fullness of your spirit so that we would be empowered to be your servants as we see you working through our lives, touching the lives of others around us. So Father, I pray that we would take your word tonight and these five things, and that we would apply them to our lives and we would begin to pursue you. That we would pursue you with all our might and our strength. We would be like those that are recorded in the scripture, the man who found a pearl of great price and he goes and sells everything he has so that he can have it. The person who finds a treasure in a field and he sells all that he has so he can buy that field to have that treasure. To be like the woman who loses a coin in her house and she turns it upside down till she finds that coin again. Lord, we recognize the preciousness and wonderful aspect of having the Spirit alive in our lives, being led by him, being filled by him, help us to seek it as they sought those things Jesus was talking about. Help us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.